2: What's going on, peeps? Hour number three on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and George on Weekend Fantasy Update. Going to do this to the top of the next hour, noontime. George will take over with uh, Cam Stewart for Weekend Wagers. Um, And we've been talking about Fantasy or the Flex Leagues, Super Flex. We're talking about uh, Melvin Gordon for a while there. We're going to take a look at the NFC West this hour. Um, By the way, the easiest strength of schedule this year, George, is Washington. I think we've talked to them. We've talked about them a little bit before. Like, I I think Washington could surprise some people, but we're obviously relying on a rookie quarterback. We don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Um, I just think people – this Trent Williams thing's got to get worked out. I don't know if it is going to, but it's got to get worked out. But I just think – I think they're – they're over-under being at six. It's just low to me. just is.
1: It's not too low to me. Uh, Trent Williams would be a big loss, by the way, if he doesn't come back. I, mean, he's, I agree. Uh, he's angry right now. And I, I don't think he's coming back. He's extremely angry.
0: He how believes that, the medical staff
1: screwed him over. Uh, I mean, he believes the medical staff screwed him over, Right. Yeah. That's what he's missed. By the way, just a little detail
2: for people that haven't been listening. He had like a growth in his head. It's like a benign tumor. And they misdiagnosed it or told him he could play with it sort of thing, could practice with it, and then got a second opinion, had to get it removed, and he's upset. He thought it put him in jeopardy. I don't blame him.
1: Yeah, I don't see how you get over that, by the way. (laughs) If you believe they didn't care about your health, I don't see how you get over that. Where it's going to smooth so out basketball. and the red, the Redskins believe well, they uh they can, f- they can fine him to death, and that he'll have to show, and he's already said he doesn't care about the fines, so uh, I don't know uh, if this is going to work out. I, I don't. I think they're going to have to move him if they want if they want some value out of out of him this year. I think he's serious, but yeah. right now uh, that he'll just he'll just sit, you know, he's not going to play for this organization. So they're going to have to make a him a trade
2: here. piece. That would be.
1: It'd be a monster trade piece, you know, and, and once again, it might be hard to get value for it at this time of year. But uh, I think that's what's going, what might be in play here for the Redskins here. As for them having, uh, I don't think they're going to have a good season. This is not a very good team. The offense, they have no receivers. You know, the running backs are still a work in progress here. Adrian Peterson, I understand he's a decent back at this point in his career, but he's not scaring anybody. Darius Geis, we don't know if he can last. You know, they're, they they him for Bryce Love as well. Deep, but I don't know what scares anybody. But it doesn't matter if they have no receivers. And then you're bringing in a rookie quarterback. Does Haskins start from day one? Mm, Are they going to wait? You know, Case Keenan's certainly not leading anybody anywhere. You know, so I think if Haskins is ready, I think he does start from week one. But you said the over-under is, what, six? Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So their opening schedule is brutal. I mean, uh, at Philadelphia, Dallas, Chicago. And that Chicago games on a Monday night. Uh, that could easily be 0-3. You know, then they go at the Giants. Okay, might give you a win there. Then you get New England. Another loss. Miami a win. You know, so like they got San Fran, Minnesota, Buffalo. Once again, that, that Buffalo games in Buffalo. Not easy there, but I'll assume you'll beat somebody. Jets, Detroit, Carolina. I think it's close to the over-under. I I wouldn't bet it either way. I think six is right on here. But I think it might come down to those last couple weeks of the season if the games mean anything to the teams they're playing. And once the Giants, I would assume no. And then they play at Dallas week 17. They have Uh, a really unique –
2: we talked about this before. Their December is crazy. They have five games in December. Everybody else is here. It's just the way the dates worked out. And those dates are at Carolina, at Green Bay, and then all three divisional opponents: Philly, New York, at Dallas. That's tough. I'd want it to be at five by the time they get to
1: December, because that's. It's what going I mean, to be I think they, uh, I think they'll need that Dallas game in Week 17. They better hope that game means nothing to Dallas. Yeah, where they, you know, they get easier. And because Dallas does. is resting everybody for the playoffs. And- Dallas would have it, to be it, locked, it prob- like
2: locked into a five seed kind of thing. They'd have to, that's getting really lucky though like I think Dallas could challenge it's they, I think they have to get lucky yeah
1: I think the Washington yeah. would need to get lucky the odds of the game will mean something to Dallas you know Dallas 14, doesn't have a
2: any- $14 million cap hit this year for Trent Williams and $14 million next year so ouch it's not the type of thing where you can uh, we'll just we'll trade from pay him this year and then cut him because you're going to have a bunch of dead money and it's just not it's not something you want it wouldn't be a crazy amount but there's no reason to trade for the guy. And then if you're training for Trent Williams, you need Trent Williams. That's what it comes down to. You're not trading him and messing around with the contracts so all. You you got to have a bunch of money in place. But, you know, somebody wants a left tackle, they'll take him. Hell, you know, if you're the Colts, they already have an established left, left tackle on Anthony Costanzo, but I kick one of those guys over to the right side, that would be the best offensive line in the league they got a ton of money left to do. The Texans. The he would, Texans have 40 million bucks. I, only drafted I know drafted two guys. Let's do it. The Texans? Let's do it. If, what do you want? If Washington is serious about moving them,
1: he'll be moved. Second round pick next year? Trent Williams. You got it. I'd do it. If they're serious about moving him, he'll be moved. It's really it's that simple. The question is are they going to be serious about moving him? Left tackles aren't easy to find. Washington has one of the best. And it'd be, it'd be tough for them to swallow the pill here, especially when you really is your own fault. You know, your own medical staff screwed up here. So uh, it's a tough pill to swallow here. My, like I said, it, these are fun to talk about that Gordon could be traded, that Trent Williams could be traded. Odds are they won't because you don't see too many teams wanting to give in here. That's also I think, setting precedent. Up oh, players pissed. wants to trade, we traded them. Now every player is pissed that wants to trade, you have to trade, that sort of thing. They're going to be expecting it. So that always plays into uh, these sort of things as well here. So in the end, I doubt either one gets dealt, but it'd be silly for them not to look into it. Both teams. Because you don't know what's out there. I, I kind of think that Trent Williams would be more valuable than Gordon because left tackles are so hard to find. He, be, he could be the final piece of the puzzle. You mentioned Houston makes a lot of sense. So does Indianapolis. I don't, I don't think it'll happen in Indy. But they both can afford it. No. And they both have the need. And they both are in contention for this season. So it does the, make the, a whole lot of sense. The Texans
2: really have a need. The Colts Colts have a good offensive line, as it is. You know, they obviously drafted the guys last year in, in a, uh, Nelson and Braden Smith. Anthony Costanzo's been a, their left tackle for this is his eighth season, uh, so he's fine. Ryan Kelly, first-round draft pick from a few years ago. I'm just saying, hell, you'd have crazy depth if you did something like that. Um, what's interesting in Washington is you know who their left guard is where Williams is pl- being playing next to helping out Eric flowers. So they desperately need him to come Yikes. back and to your right. So this gonna hurt your Darius Geis draft stock in a hurry. So okay, I'm going back to the, the board. I'm gonna do it a little differently. We will take the teams. we'll, we'll break down the NFC West teams. We'll break them down. But I want to talk in, ter- in terms of some of the players because we had this big draft last night. So the first place that I wanted to go, and we got off on a tangent, so what George and I do. But um, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson. L- last night, Rashad Penny goes third pick of the seventh round, RB 26. So an RB three in this league. Chris Carson goes later than that. It is actually in the same round. He's the last pick of the seventh round, RB30. So that tells you experts shading Penny in front of Carson. Carson obviously had the better year last year. Penny was a rookie. But how do you see this playing out, and is this shared? This is obviously a run-heavy team. Does one guy really carry the load, or is this all like, ah, crap, they're both going to have 150 carries?
1: I mean, it's a tough situation because Penny was the, the drafted last year, right? First round. I thought they made a mistake when they did it. I think they should have taken Will Hernandez. I've said this many times. I still have a Giants uh, offensive lineman. I thought that would have made more sense because running backs no can be found later. Right? Running backs can be found later in the draft. But, uh, you know, he had the thumb injury last year to get off to a slower start. And then Carson played so well, uh, that sort of thing. But I sort of like, uh, you know, when you think the Buccaneers with uh, Free Rojo. Chris French, because Chris French has got this in my head now. Free Rojo, all right. So, uh, you know, I think Denver would. Uh, with, uh, I think Denver's also the same thing there. That I agree
2: with uh, with um, they want Freeman and Fred Freeman and fr- Freeman and uh, Lindsey.
1: Right, they want to give the uh, the guys they drafted earlier another chance. You know, they want to keep giving these guys a chance because once it's listen, it's why we talked about Wade Davis earlier. Why he keeps getting the closer opportunity because he's getting paid. And with the NFL, if you're the the earlier draft pick, you're the top draft pick, they want to keep giving you a chance here. So that's what I think is going to happen with all of these guys. They're all going to get a chance here. So that's what worries me about Penny, if you're taking Carson above him. And I would take Carson above him. I would. But I do think they'll give Penny a shot to, uh, to take over that role. Not that yeah, if he did that, you would never hear from Carson again, because I don't think it's going to be a 60-40 split, no matter which way it works here. They're both going to play yeah. here. And like I said, yeah. if I'm drafting tonight, I'm still taking Carson. But Penny still has value. I'm not going to forget about him. I think he will get a chance to go like I said, to, to to garner the heavier load over Carson. I think I
2: think I can't argue with your logic. And I need Carson in dynasty leagues, and I have other shares of him. Best balls. But here's the, here's the good news slash bad news. You can it's a, it's it depends on what kind of person you are. Glass is half full or half empty. I think George is right. I think this gets split down the middle. I think you edge Carson because it seems like he might have an edge to get the starting job in week one, and that's the guy you'd rather have because if he blows it out of the water, George, can't bench Chris Carson. Guy just ran for 150 yards. Week two, boom, 125 yards. Can't bench Chris Carson, and maybe it's a snowball rolling downhill. That's a pie-in-the-sky attitude towards it, but at least there's the chance. You want the first guy through the door. But I do think that this ends up getting shared. If you ask, and I don't know that you want, do you want Chris Carson uh, workload heavy in the first six games to seven games of your fantasy season, or would you rather have Rashad Penny uh, heavier load last seven to eight games of your fantasy season, however you want to split those games up? That's up to you, however, you want to do it, how your team is built. I think you can consider Penny maybe being a little bit stronger later in the season, Carson a little bit stronger in the beginning of the season, but I think this is close. And maybe we're grasping at, maybe we're just splitting hairs, but uh, that's sort of how I see it. I couldn't really argue one way or the other. It's dependent on how your team is built. In fact, why don't we take a look? Um, Ironically, Tim Heaney had Kamara at three. He waited a while for running back, and then he got these two guys that we've been talking about in this conversation. He got Philip Lindsay and Rashad Penny. So he's making up uh, some carries there that he doesn't have uh, maybe a true lockdown number two, but he's got Philip Lindsey and Rashad Penny. And when you have Kamara, I think it's an okay way to build it because you'll probably have opportunities with both guys. Now, you could get caught in that maybe Lindsay and Penny are on the short end of the stick at the same time in certain weeks, I think that's your risk there. But generally, the way that's built, I think I'm OK with it.
1: I think I'm OK with it as well. I mean, you get Kamar, you get off to a good start here. When we look at his yeah. team, I'm probably more worried about Russell Wilson. Is he going to be a good fantasy quarterback this year? Because once you talk about the same team here, they want to run the ball. And now you got Penny and Wilson. I'd rather stay away from that. To have, but then to have both guys, they don't for whatever reason. It doesn't make much sense to me. But they don't put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. They didn't do it in that playoff game against Dallas until it was too late. You know, the Dallas was dominating that game. They finally gave Russell Wilson the ball. All of a sudden, Seattle's moving the ball. You know, they, they put the ball in his hands. Let him throw the ball down the field. All of a sudden, Seattle's moving the ball. So it's just strange to me. Uh, I mean, theoretically, it makes Rash- uh, Rashad Penny more valuable if they're going to run, 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 run. But uh, when I look at his team, I worry about uh, Russell Wilson as your second quarterback there in a super Other than that, oh, yeah. I'm they okay ran... with it. Like,
2: Yeah, they ran for the most yards in the league last year. Seattle did 2,560, second most attempts by and only Baltimore. I think they live in that world again. Low number of pass attempts. This is what we struggled with with Russell Wilson earlier in his career in fantasy, George. They threw the least passes in the league last year. Seattle did. You can't have the best. It, the, his efficiency was off the charts great and made him relevant last year. That That's not a repeatable formula. You can't be the least active passing team in the league and have the fantasy quarterback just be great. It's His touchdown rate was off the charts. He was 35 touchdowns to seven. His touchdown rate relative to his passes is, is unsustainable.
1: Agreed. I agree. So. Plus, you know, also with them, their defense is taking a hit, right? I mean, they lost with three starters and only brought back one you know, via free agency. They're not going to be as good. They're gonna, I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball more this year. Now, I get it. Maybe the reason why they don't want to throw the ball is they don't have a reliable receiving core outside of Lockett. You know, I get that be an issue. you don't have a tight end that you can really trust either. So you didn't build around Wilson, but that's your own damn fault. And I think that was silly as well. So uh, I, I worry about the Seattle offense. All around, I worry about it. I think they are going to run. And I, I'm not worried about you know, people I think too many people flipping out about uh a team that has two running backs like Penny and Carson. Most teams do. There's a reason we uh, draft yeah. Barkley, McCaffrey, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott so high because they're, they're so low backs. That's why they get drafted high because a few teams do go to one back. But most teams have some kind of committee. Most teams do, so I don't panic about these things. There likely will be enough for both guys. I'm just saying, listen, if I had a choice, I would take Carson over Penny, but I do think that Penny will get a chance to go over Carson. Where it was reversed, I wouldn't think that. If Penny was the guy that uh, it was the 60-40 guy right now, I don't think Carson would get that chance to overcome him because he wouldn't be the high-draft pick guy. I think Penny gets that shot because he was picked higher. And and, the GMs or the coaches, they want to justify their picks. Oh, this is why we took him so high. You know, that that sort of thing. It's an ego thing. Lockett was the
2: 25th uh, wide receiver off the board, and Metcalf was the 50th. So I'm okay with Metcalf at 50 simply because I don't expect a lot out of rookie wide receivers ever, but whatever. 50th wide receiver on this team, it was Scott Engel. That was one, two, three, four, his fifth wide receiver. He's a big Seahawks fan, but I think at his fifth wide receiver, I think he can be okay with that. Uh, as far as Lockett at 25, um, let me look at it again to see who picked that uh, Lockett up. Um, that was Jen Ryan again. She has a good team. Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram. Receivers Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett is her third. So a wide receiver 25 is her third. She waited a little bit on Q- QBs. Got Brady and Matt Stafford. That could hurt her in... Superflex and Austin Hoopers are starting tight end. But you okay with Lockett and Metcalf there?
1: I have a little problem with Lockett at 15. Once again, it's a dark boy throw late in your draft. Uh, you said it. I don't expect much out of him, but no problem. Lockett should be good. Yeah. Come back, talk Niners next
2: funk from sean angle on a saturday morning and if you want to get funky you can get two risk-free wagers up to a thousand bucks if you go to points pointsbet.com backslash grid open up a points bet sports wagering account so enter the promo code grid grid and you'll get two risk-free bets Up to a thousand bucks. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Chicago Bears minus three and they cover the spread by eight points, you'll receive eight times your stake. So that's PointsBet.com/backslash/Grid. Enter promo code GRID G-R-I-D and get your two risk-free bets up to a thousand bucks today. If you have a gambling problem. Please call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. So eligibility restrictions apply and see website for details. So we're getting into the the grid right here, uh, This Superflex uh, flex, super flex draft last night. We're talking about NFC West players in particular. We just did a little bit about the Hawks. Uh, I don't think their tight end got drafted, so uh, shout out to Nick Vanette. Yeah, he didn't, uh, didn't get drafted. So let's, uh, let's move over to the Niners. Obviously, George, something we've talked about a lot here um, this spring, summer is the Niners' backfield. It's kind of loaded. Got some good options. You like running backs in Kyle Shanahan offenses. He brings back a guy, Tevin Coleman, who he has some familiarity with. Jared Coleman coming back from injury. Matt Breida still there, possibly some value. So last night in this draft, Tevin Coleman, the last pick of the eighth round, and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, it had to be here somewhere. I'm not finding him. Anyway, I'll keep looking. Uh, uh what else? Uh, Matt Breida, he's 53rd running back off the board. So, give me your thoughts, really, on this backfield.
1: A lot of cooks in the kitchen, right? That's my first thought there. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. I do think uh, Coleman is your the guy you want there. McKinnon, we'll see what he can become once he gets healthy. I think he's still on the PUP. Uh, we'll see what uh, what he can do there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting, though, because when you think about it, one game, McKinnon was their, break, was their big free agent signing from last year, all right? Got hurt, never really played. Coleman is their free agent guy from this year, but also someone who has played in Shanahan system knows uh, – Knows the system. Knows what Shanahan wants. Uh, he'll have to trust of Shanahan. So I do wonder what happens when both these guys are healthy here. That being said, I think Coleman is your front runner here. You know, it's when I look at his numbers from this, last year, Mike. They look good. Four point seven yards a carry. He did this, did that. Uh, but yet, I mean, he was just so disappointing when I started him in my fantasy leagues. Because like he did nothing for me, he had a couple of big games. I think that's where those numbers come from. A couple of big games, but his consistency yeah. just wasn't there overall. So I'm gonna have a hard time trusting Tevin Coleman this year.
2: What is the outlook on McKinnon right now? He did not get drafted in this league last night. I, that's surprising to me. Um, do they have something in place where you can't draft a guy? That doesn't make sense to me.
1: I wonder if maybe guys in the pup can't be drafted in this league because I don't I don't know why he wouldn't be drafted. I mean, once again, you, no one's going to take him as a 15th round lottery pick.
2: I, I'm just I, I, maybe I'm missing it. I, I just don't even see it. McCaffrey, McDonald, McCoy. I don't see it. That has to be it. I've never seen it before. Uh, maybe Jake uh, put something. I mean, I, in I, didn't, there. I
1: didn't look. And uh, yeah, wait, there's, only, there's only 16 rounds in this. Still, he's, a, he's in the top 16 rounds. There has to be something in place where maybe... Pop, that's that's weird, though, to have draft. a league where you can't take PUP guys. Because if you're drafting early, you might get screwed out of good players. What's his name on the PUP? Edelman. Yeah. And he was drafted. Well, actually, Edelman may not be... He's maybe on a different list. But either way, you would think then all lists would be... Uh, would be nailed, yeah. McKinnon is definitely on the pup. So would have you have to explain Edelman. that to me. Sorry, Edelman, folks. Edelman, Edelman. We're just, I'm a little. Edelman's on the non-football today. injury list, so Edelman is a different list. But I can't think the I'm NFI and the
2: pup guys and the pup. I'm, I'm going through all the pup guys on teams. Tyler Croft, he wouldn't have gotten drafted. No, he, No one's drafting him. Um. Mostly defensive players. That's interesting. I, that has to be it. There's no way McKinnon wouldn't get drafted. So, anyway, that shoots to hell this part of this segment. Um, <laughs> but in, in any event, all right, so you've – but you sort of stated Coleman's the guy that you want. He goes 53rd running back off the board, which I I just think – it's obviously indicative of how people feel about the the situation there because well, – no, what did I say? 53rd. He's the 34th running back, excuse me, off the board. He's the last pick of the eighth round. Um, but I just think it's indicative of what people feel. They, they don't – they're not willing to go all in on somebody like Coleman because they know is there to take carries and Breida. Well, I believe Breida was – the was the 53rd that's what it was Breeda was the 53rd Coleman was the 34th so McKinnon somewhere in between there and you just don't know how it's all going to shake out how do you feel about the Niners offense in general really good offensive line now weapons here it's an unproven if not if unspectacular group at wide receiver but I think I see potential there for guys like Pettis but it all comes back down and they drafted Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd in the second or third rounds uh, a very young receiving core. Jordan Matthews is the veteran there. They paid Marquise Goodwin. Uh, it's it, th- I think that's the difficulty of the Niners' offense right now, right? Jimmy's coming back off an injury, and he's one of these guys. He's almost like, uh, I want to say Derek Carr was a few years ago. We're like, let's give him a bunch of money uh, because we're big believers. All right, well, he hasn't really done it yet, so maybe hold off on the money. Nope. We're believers. We're gonna do it. Okay, I'm just telling you. I don't know if it's gonna work out. Then <laughs> running backs. Uh, let's just get a bunch of guys uh, behind this offensive line. I actually think that's a good strategy. Uh, receivers. They're all young. Uh, hopefully, Jimmy can get on the ball, but we don't know what Jimmy is yet.
1: We really don't. I agree. He's never played a uh, played a full season. Right, he keeps getting hurt. Uh, got traded out of New England, didn't play there his first year, got hurt last year. Uh, dumb injury, man, just get out of bounds. Don't fight Don't fight for the extra yard when you don't have so to done. fight for the extra yard. Yeah. Right, uh, it's you know, it, it's an ACL, maybe. but yeah, it was, uh, that's not the brightest of plays. I have no You're problem saying he hasn't played a yard. full season
2: yet. He hasn't played a full
1: season collectively. Yeah, and we expect him to he's be better. Plen- started
2: 10 games in his life, and he's going to be 28 years old this season.
1: It's not good. You know, to uh, paraphrase Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. But it, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Uh, I understand why they paid him. Once again, you have to or else the guy goes away. It's just it's just the way it is in the NFL. It's it's not right. It's not smart. But that's the way the system's uh, designed. If you think you have a franchise quarterback, you have to pay him. That being said, we're going to go over and over here. We haven't seen him do it for 16 games. We haven't seen him do it for 10 games. We haven't seen him do it for five games. You know, so we'll see what happens there. I don't like how this uh, receiving core is set up. I wish they would have had a veteran receiver there, someone to help out. I mean, it's ex- you already said it, it's extremely young. You know, and, uh, as Jim Dale, as Jim Dale, point out over and over and over again, Pettis is having a terrible camp, dropping a lot of passes. This doesn't really bother me. It's August third, you know, he'll get better. You know, we have what five weeks left, but yeah, you know, there's something to worry about there. there's no one outside of George Kittle that you truly trust. Goodwin was uh, extremely disappointing last year. He's been Pettis. Uh, I have my doubts about this passing game. I do, and I don't think this is uh, surprising to anybody. I mean, you're looking at rankings as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Garoppolo, or it's Gucci Garoppolo, as uh, Chris Venture likes like to say, is barely being drafted as a quarterback, too. Barely. He's in the twenties. Yeah. You know, so it's not like people are banking on him anyway. He's up there with guys like Sam Donald, Derek Carr, Cousins,
2: twenty-second quarterback drafted in that draft last night.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN. Ten picks the round. Yeah. yeah, ESPN has my 23, so that's about where he's going. So there's some upside there. There is some upside, but i feel so much better about him, Mike, if he just had you know, somebody or if I could trust. Somebody other than Kittle I can trust. But I guess that's
2: part of it, right? You could have a slew of pass-catching backs, which Breed has proven himself to be. Coleman and McKinnon is, and Kittle. And maybe that's that's really how your team is built. I mean, I I know the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill, but it's not like the passing offense wouldn't have survived if it was just Kelsey, whatever Sammy Watkins is, and whatever pass catching back is in there. At the time, it was Kareem Hunt and switched over to Damian Williams. So it doesn't mean that you can't have a functioning pass, a good functioning passing offense without that. The Rams are unique, right? The Rams have 4 lockdown great weapons. Um, but maybe the Niners survive with Kittle as the primary guy.
1: Maybe. there always a chance for that, but I, I, I kind of find that hard to believe. You need one of those receivers to blossom. And maybe it does. They did draft uh, receivers, so maybe that, maybe that happens here. But I think they should have done more in free agency. I think they should have done more to find that person. Hey, you want to build around Garoppolo anyway, right? You believe in him. You know, 28's not old, old for a quarterback. You might have him for another eight, 10 years. So maybe you want to, you want to help him out a little bit. There was always concerns when you have a young quarterback and you don't help him out with a, a, true, uh, a true wide receiver, somebody you can go to. You can go to your tight you end over and over again, but teams are going to catch on to that as well. And, you know, and yeah. the running game isn't anywhere near scary enough to force teams to. Oh, we got to, we got to play it safe. You no, know, they they'll cover for and force you to find somebody yeah. else. They're not going to worry about Kevin Coleman getting four yards carry.
2: I will say all, all the way around though that Niners roster, top to bottom, really talented. Defensive side of the ball, really good. Maybe the defensive backfield isn't top notch, but they still have Richard Sherman there, Tart, Jimmy Ward. They signed. They traded for D. Four. They drafted Nick Bosa. They have Buckner. They, they That front seven can be excellent. It's just, you're, for all, sometimes this does happen with teams, right? You see these worst of first teams. This does happen. If it, it could all come together at the same time, but still, when you're looking at the roster, that receiving core is the one where you're like, eh, I don't know about this yet. Does Goodwin just pick up where he left off with Jimmy G? We don't know. But, uh, That will be interesting. As far as their receivers are concerned in terms of draft, George, I want to see where these guys even went last night. Kittle, um, he was the second tight end off the board, sixth pick of the fourth round. Ertz went the next pick. So I actually like that in these leagues. Ronas got Kittle, Adam Ronas got Kittle, and then Rick Wolf of Fantasy Alarm got Zach Ertz. Uh, Let's see if Pettis went. Uh, Dante Pettis, 29th receiver off the board. Sixth pick of the eighth round. Uh, Adam Ronis buying into the Niners. He's got Kittle and Pettis. Jimmy G, we mentioned he was the 22nd quarterback taken. Um, Who else? I I doubt Jordan Matthews got drafted. Let's see where Goodwin went. Something is up with this. Marquise Goodwin not drafted? That doesn't make sense to me. Is there something wrong with this? Marquise Goodwin would get drafted, right?
1: I mean, I I, I don't think either one of these guys was drafted. I don't think there's something wrong. I, th- I don't think either one was drafted. I think that's what it's coming down to. Was. Yeah, well, Pettis, Pettis be. Was drafted of uh, ha- halfway through the draft. but Goodwin—he's even on the list I'm looking at. He's in the sixties, so I could see him being passed. And McKinnon, you know, it's—I'm just guessing—he just fell. I think he's just he just fell through the uh, the cracks. It is a super flex that will eat up some uh, some roster spots here. So I think he just fell through the cracks. Yeah, I think McKinnon will be a pickup in this league once they run waivers. You know before, before week one, I think he'll get grabbed by somebody uh, once he's healthy. You know I guess what it is. So actually, it is 16 rounds. You know so they uh, they don't have kickers in this league, and I guess they're having one. I thought Jake liked uh, Jake liked extra flex spots, but I guess not in this league mean because he's been doing they it They do have a, a
2: defense time. in there. It's not straight offense.
1: Yeah, yeah, I checked that. I thought maybe he didn't have that either. But I thought he would have some extra flex spots. So, uh, I, so I think McKinney just the rocks.
2: You, the experts are telling you through a draft like this that Pettis is the guy you want. <clears throat> Kittle and Pettis and he's, the running back. He's so the guy I want. want. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I would draft Pettis well of a good one. Uh, I would too. Uh, let me see if anybody took a shot on a rookie like Samuel. Um. Curtis Samuel went the 38th wide receiver. And, no, Jalen Samuels is the other Samuels there. So nobody took a shot at the Niners uh, rookie right there. So there you go. That's it for the Niners. As far as where they fall, it's an over-under of eight for the Niners. Let me try to get to it real quick. Um, If I can find it, where am I going? Uh, I can't find their schedule. Here we go. Niners... In 2019, let's do it real quick. Uh, they start at Tampa. What do you say?
1: They, they better win.
2: One and zero at Cincinnati.
1: Two and zero. Oh, sure, certainly yes. Uh, hosting Pittsburgh. Loss. Not not an easy one, but that I emotions. can't give every every win. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but that's a nice start, by the way. I know there's a
2: road games, but at Tampa, it's going to be hot. But at Cincinnati and then Pittsburgh, I think you'll take that. Then a bye week, an early bye week. I hate the early bye week, but nonetheless, they get it in week four. Then they host Cleveland. Good place to host Cleveland. Uh, you give them a win there? I don't
1: think that's necessarily, I, that's necessarily a win. Cleveland, we think it's going to be yeah. a good team. I know. San Fran's know. an average team. To maybe a tick above average. Cleveland's a good team. I'm going That's a Monday night game too. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give Cleveland the win here. Win. Okay. Not the uh At Rams, loss. That's a loss. At Washington, that's a tough one. Washington, Carolina. You know, uh, I'll give them one, one on one of these two games.
2: Okay. Um, uh, Arizona at Arizona. The problem is when we go through, Thursday we night have, game. The Cardinals. We have the Cardinals like zero sixteen every time we go through this.
1: Yeah, well this they're is why really, uh they're go winless. They're not going on sixteen. Carlos would have win probably about four or five games. Uh that's a Thursday night game on the road. Generally almost always helps the the home team there. I'll g I will i will give the Arizona the win here. Yeah.
2: Oh boy. Not good. Uh hosting Seattle, hosting Arizona. They're gonna beat Arizona. Do they beat Seattle at home? Yes. Split with Seattle? Okay. So they're five and They'll five. Here. Five and five here. So here's, here's the home, home stretch. Point. And then it's all going uh, downhill. <laughs> They host Green Bay.
1: Uh, loss, loss. Although close. At Baltimore, at New Orleans. You better hope for one-on-one.
2: Yep. Atla- hosting Atlanta. Loss. Oh,
1: no. Hosting the Rams. Loss. Uh, at Seattle. <laughs> we already said loss. But there are a lot of close games here that could go either way.
0: That's a 6 and 10 team right there. We'll be back after the break.
2: to the final segment of weekend fantasy update for Saturday August 3rd we'll be back tomorrow George and I will with our buddy Joe Galena the trifecta the trio the ever elusive trio we've been doing doubles uh, but now we're gonna get together all three of us for tomorrow we got uh, uh, Jason Braddock a guest lined up for tomorrow he took about Houston Texans and working on somebody for the Colts actively um, So uh, join us for that. Should be interesting camp stories. I I texted Jason. I was texting with Jason Braddock. I said, how's camp going? He's like, it's all right, but it's hot as hell. And I can't imagine how hot it would be for a football camp in Houston, Texas right now. It's it's rough going. Obviously, uh, uh, shout out to him, but we'll talk to him tomorrow. So uh, just going through, I'm obsessed with the McKinnon thing. I texted our buddy Dave Martinez. I'm trying to see where he's going in drafts. Yeah, 47th running back off the board in in more, more recent ADPs that I'm seeing, sort of behind guys like Naeem Hines, Carlos Hyde, and in front of guys like LaShawn McCoy and Peyton Barber. It seems enough to get drafted, but uh, like George said earlier, sometimes guys just slip through the cracks. It's a super flex league. You need a defense. Guys probably feel like they had their five running backs and they were out, you know? Um, But it's strange.
1: Like I said, I I think he should have been drafted as well. 63 running backs were drafted here, and I would have taken him over a bunch of these guys. But we see it every year. Guys slip through the cracks. And I guess what happened Uh, here. I don't think it's the – I have a hard time believing it's because he's on PUP. You know, I just don't – I've never seen that where you couldn't draft a guy because he's on some kind of list. Hell, guys who are on IR, you're allowed to to draft. So I don't think that's the reason why. But, hey, it is – I mean, the guy – That that Jeremy Hill got uh, drafted. Oh my God! Darwin Thompson got drafted. uh, Right. So it has to be just a slip up. Ball
2: pal, shout out to ball pal. So I don't know. Uh, That would be interesting if Jake put that in there. But let's uh, let's we got about fifteen minutes to go. Uh, We're gonna try. Here's what we're gonna do with the Cardinals. I think George has talked about Kyler Murray a whole bunch. By the way, going back to the Niners real quick, George has them at 6 and 10, but he he freely admitted that there's a lot of 50-50 games. I'm not sure if he said that right before we or we went to break or after, but there's a lot of 50-50 games there for them. The over-under is currently 8. If you want to sweat every game for an entire year on a team that you don't root for— <laughs> Bet on the Niners over this year. I'm actually not going to do it because I think it could all come together for the Niners. It's a good-looking defense, and there's a bunch of talented players on offense, despite what we said about their receiving core. I just I don't think I'm going to do it. I've bet on the Titans over the, the last two years, and I made it by a collective one game. Each year I cleared it by a half game, and it was a sweat. Every week they have about 850-50 games on their schedule, and I'm not doing it. I'm going to save myself the grief. And if you pin me to it, I would actually take the over right now. I would like seven and a half and I'd shop for it, but I think they can get to eight. But nonetheless, you could buy I'm it not too gonna, if you
1: wanted to. Yeah, but even, I'm still even, if you sweat couldn't, it. even when you shop, I'm still going to sweat it. Uh, right. But even if you shop and you couldn't get to seven, you could buy the half. But that yeah, being I said, could. uh, I wouldn't. But I'm not even uh, that, confident. Would I'm not that confident. I, I, I leave it com- alone. I'd, I'm not confident. i leave yeah. it alone. I'm not touching it. What you said, it, 6 and a-
2: 10 seems plausible. 10 and 6 is a bit much, but, like, they could win nine games. They could get a bunch of those. Um, so here's what I I'm going to try. Much better bets. Here's what we're going to try and force you to do is to give those Cardinals a few wins. We've probably gone through the schedule in other ways and given them losses, but I'm going through the Cardinals' schedule right now. You've already said you think Kyler Murray could be a QB1, but people are drafting him too high. He went seven in this draft last night, right? In In front of Aaron Rodgers, right? Nuts. So you're not doing that. David Johnson, we don't have to talk much about him. He's the fifth running back off the board in this draft. That's been fairly standard. I'm saying in general... I like David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell a tick less than other people because I think their offensive lines are problematic. It doesn't mean I don't think they can be valuable. David Johnson was an RB9 last year, an unimpressive RB9, but an RB9 nonetheless. I just like them a tick less because I don't like their offensive lines. It doesn't mean they're going to bust out completely, but I'm not buying in as much as other people. It just, it's going to depend where I draft. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I won't take them, but if I'm on the turn, I feel better about David Johnson than I do at five taking David Johnson. I might take somebody like Devontae Adams or Andre Hopkins in there uh, as opposed to it. I'll have to see how the draft goes and what the scoring is. Um, receivers, I think Larry Fitz is still being underrated. It may not blow the blow your dars off, but as the 41st wide receiver in this draft last night, I'd be okay with that. He's this person's third wide receiver, It's Joe Pisapia, who went QBs early. He took DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, and Larry Fitzgerald, and Cortland Sutton. Uh, He took Deshaun Hamilton, too. So he's all in on that uh, Denver young wide receiving core. But I'm okay with Larry Fitz there, 41st wide receiver. Any complaints there? Wide receiver four, that's the value.
1: I'm okay with it. I uh, there is some upside there. So he's a better throwing quarterback this year, but I don't I, think it's an immense upside. I love Larry Fitzgerald, first uh, about Hall of Famer and all that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for the name. So
2: the, the guy that has come up a lot this year, which people are totally sold on because of the connection to Kyler uh, Murray, is Christian Kirk, and I just don't. You talked – he had an ACL injury last year, right? I can't remember what week it happened, but it was during the season. Same with Cooper Cup. You expressed hesitance regarding Cooper Cup. You have the same hesitance regarding Christian Kirk. Or is he going that much later in drafts where wide receiver 27, you're like, I'll take a chance on him at wide receiver three. What are your thoughts on Kirk?
1: Yeah, I think I, you, you already said the difference there. He's not being drafted as a, as somebody uh, – a high-end pick. least dra- drafted a- yeah, I'd rather have him as a wide receiver four. Then again, you can say that about every player. You know, you always, I'd rather him as a running back, yeah. too, if I could. Yeah, of course. I'd. But generally, it's not working out that way. Uh, once again, I don't think these guys, as far as Kirk or Woods, will be back to 100% this year. I think it takes an extra year before from that injury before they come back and are fully recovered and fully themselves. You know, I think you can play this year, but it's really two years before you feel back to normal here. So that's my only concern there. Uh, now, once again... Uh, I, I like Kirk and a better, offense, better th- offense I think I would like him more I think that offensive line is poor and we already said we expect uh, Kyle Murray to be scrambling around a lot so what does that mean as far as throwing the ball you know is Kirk going to be somebody who can get open like that you know from doing what the you know, he runs around you guys run different routes and I'll find you that sort of thing that's so why I think it's dangerous there I think Kirk is going to be inconsistent he has some good games some poor games I don't think yeah. it'll all be him maybe because of the the offense as a whole
2: in the context of this receiving core, I sort of know what Jake was doing here. He took Antonio Brown. Uh, he's the ninth wide receiver off the board. He had McCaffrey first. So he picked second. He had Antonio Brown. Then he waited a while and then took Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, um, and then ultimately Dante Moncrief. So, um, By the way, Cook had a bro-
1: Kirk had a broken foot, not the ACL. Broken so that foot. makes you feel Sorry. a little...
2: Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. much better. Uh, than him. But... Uh, but nonetheless, you know, a little bit of risk there, but not the same as what we're talking about with the Cooper Cup. So my apologies for swapping out those injuries. But, um, yeah, I, I still think what you said is probably right. It's some inconsistent games, some good games. For for everybody to expect Kyler to walk in there with Cliff Kingsbury and then just blow the doors off the league offensively, I, I just think is a bit much. I think they're going to be trailing a lot. That's your upside. Um, and there you go. And that, that's, uh, that leads me into... Uh, Their schedule right here where they host the Detroit Lions to start Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, game number one, hosting the Detroit Lions for 25 p.m. September 28th. And their first game together is a let's give a W. Yeah, buddy. One and O for the Arizona Cardinals at Baltimore. That's coming back down to earth in a hurry. Uh, You don't even have to tell me what (laughs) you're thinking there. Uh, Back home, though, for a couple of more games at Carolina and Seattle. Can we give them another one there?
1: I think they could stay. I I don't believe in Carolina or Seattle. I think either one's going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're both better teams than Arizona, but I think they could squeak out a win uh, during one of these games. But then again, if I give them a win versus Cincinnati in week five, am I saying they're really going to be three and two at the five weeks? That's what I'm talking about, bud. 3-2, 3-2, and two, Arizona
2: Cardinals. Take the over. Not yet. uh Let's get to that. So we'll have them at 3-2 for fun. uh, And then they host the Atlanta Falcons. We like the Falcons too much. uh
1: At the Giants. The schedule. Oh, this not is the game bad, where dude. I think it's not. You know, it's, it's not that bad. This is the game where I think Eli might go away and Daniel Jones might make his first start. I've said that over oh, and over again because baby. the Giants have... The Giants have a 10-day layoff here, and, you know, it's at home in New York, and technically it's against an, an easier opponent here. So I think it would make some sense. <clears throat> and I think also Patrick Peterson's back by now as well. So, yeah. hey, let's keep it up. They get a road win.
2: Four and three at the Saints. That is coming back down to earth in a hurry. They host the Niners. Did we give the Niners an L
1: there? You already, already gave them a win, right? Short week, Thursday night, home game. the Five team that's, and four. You know, not great. What's
2: the over? What is the over? We're at five. We're on the number.
1: George building a case at Tampa. Not a good team. Oh look is it at falling look apart. Look at that. They get their over in week ten and they beat Tampa. No, they're not going to beat Tampa. I think Tampa okay. will score more points there. But it, it'll be a. I'll take the over in this game. Period. Yeah, yeah. Five and five. Uh, at Niners. Five and six. Going to the bye week. Uh, the yeah, this, is where the Rams, this is where it gets bad. Pittsburgh. By the way.
2: Well, Jesus, this is not easy after the bye <laughs> week. Uh, they host the Rams, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. They're all home games, which is nice, but it's the Rams, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. I think three teams that many people, I think, could all be will all be in the playoff mix at the time that they're playing, at the very least, even if we don't suggest that they oh. all make the playoffs. All three will be fighting for a playoff spot in weeks 13, 14, and 15. Yes? Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Right. Then at Seattle... And then at the Rams. Man, uh, so they have a shot here in 16 and 17 <laughs> because we don't know what those games will mean. I actually do think the Rams could regress, but given the way that you painted the picture of the rest of the division, you still think the Rams are going to come go back-to-back with this division?
1: Oh, yeah. I think they're back-to-back the class pretty
2: easily. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, I don't think the Super that Bowl close. hangover thing worries me as far as their... Uh, they didn't well, win though. Getting back they
1: didn't win. I think they still have more to prove there. I think, uh, I think the yeah, Rams are going to be fine. Don't. But that being said, because of what we're talking about, this game in week 17 might mean nothing. That wouldn't shock That's me right. if they had everything else locked up, because every other division, every other division is tough. You know, Cowboys and Eagles are going to slug it out. Vikings and Bears slug it out. Falcons and Saints slug it out. I, mean, I don't think the Rams will have to slug it out. They may already have this division wrapped up, and it wouldn't shock me if they have home field wrapped up by now. You think Seattle is just going to fall back? I think they were lucky to get in last year. I I don't like how, I don't like what they did with their defense. How they didn't uh, beef it up. I don't like how they won't let Russell Wilson win them games. How they want they don't want to put it in his hands till it's too late, late in the game. I don't like it. I think they're once again about an eight and eight team. I don't think they. I don't think they're a playoff team. But Week 16 likely will mean something to them because they'll they be could, you know yeah. right in there where if they win out and they get some help, they can get in that sort of thing. So I don't. I don't yeah. like the throwaway game at all. So I think what, uh, the, we'll just the, end it on the
2: Cardinals. Was saying. George wasn't we, – we've joked around as we've gone through a lot of these teams and schedules and said, ah, the Cardinals are going to have a hard time winning. But when you look, their schedule isn't that bad. It's bad after the bye week. When it gets to December. I mentioned how bad Washington's December is. These guys are close second, if not first place. That's five teams that are fighting for a playoff spot for sure in a row Uh A few home games in there, but nonetheless, you don't want to play the Rams. Uh, I guess playing the Rams in 17 could ultimately be a positive. But you could have them over. You said they won four or five games. It's entirely conceivable with um, that team. So the only team we didn't talk about in this division is the Rams. Uh, We talked about Cards, Hawks, Cardinals. Uh, You think the Rams are the classic of the division? I'm going to have you go game by game because, well, the only guys – we have to talk about two guys. We've spent um, – we spent a ton of time talking about Todd Gurley. Where did he go on this last night? RB 11 last night, middle of the second round. I think that's what you're seeing. Is that better value for you than Chubb or Cook, who went right before him?
1: Gurley, is gonna, it's going to be tough. I keep coming back to the fact that they drafted a running back. They re-signed Malcolm Brown. I think that's all I need to know. They're worried about him. I, think I, I Best case scenario is they manage his workload. And he going to get quite the touches he used to get. You know, and yeah. maybe he's not that goal line guy as much. I don't want to take that kind of pounding. I think that's your best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that the, obviously that knee is a uh, hindrance all season long, and we see a, ho- a new C.J. Anderson. You know, got a problem here. So I think the middle of the second round is about where I'm seeing him go in all drafts. And I got to tell you, Mike, I don't know if I would take him there. I, I'm just going to be too worried. Um, the problem is no running
2: backs went for uh, five picks later. Carryon Johnson went right after him. Uh, Goff was QB 14. He went right behind Dak and Jameis Winston, right in front of Roethlisberger and Trubisky. Um, I can't really argue that. I would take him over Dak. I would. Uh, so Wilson I... went 11th. You 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 like Goff more than Russell Wilson?
1: Yes. It's not yeah. Russell Wilson. I think If they would free Russell Wilson, I think he'd be yeah, top-five it. quarterback, it's not, but they won't. It's not
2: the player. It's the offense. Um, so you have Goff around 12. Uh, yeah, right around the quarterback one. So yeah. No, I, I would take Winston there. above him.
1: I'd take Ben above him, too.
2: You would take Winston and Roethlisberger over Goff, but you would take yeah. Goff in front of Dak and Russell. Yes. So it's right around there. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. You also wouldn't have taken – would you take Goff or Kyler Murray?
1: Goff, oh, uh, it's close. Yeah. Depends on where these guys go. If I got Goff at 14, and that's the forty, I might go with Kyler Murray then. If I'm taking a quarterback at 10 – And uh, then it'd be Goff, but I'm not big on Goff. I just like him better than the quarterbacks you named. Kyler Murray is such. I want Kyler Murray as a quarterback, too, not a quarterback one.
2: Got it. So uh, we talked about the receivers. We're not going to be able to get to the Rams game by game. Um, But if you whip through it, um, I think I would. George would probably have the Rams losing like one, two, three, four. They have a tough road schedule they're at carolina at cleveland at seattle at atlanta at pittsburgh at dallas and then the they The Cleveland go game's going
1: to be go. a problem. The Atlanta game's going to be a problem. Pittsburgh won't be a joy. You know, Chicago could be tough. You know, the yeah. Dallas game could be a pain in the ass. You know, but I, I see them going no worse than 11 and 5, not having a 12 4.
2: So, so there you go. That's it folks. 3 hours up, 3 hours down. Thanks for listening to weekend fantasy update on the fantasy sports radio network you got george next with cam stewart it's weekend wagers live on the fantasy sports radio network have a good weekend everybody and we'll talk to you tomorrow